When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for sticking with the Mutual Audio Network, where imagination and relaxation blend. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Hello, Chronosphere passengers. Your pilot, Daniel French, here with a little heads up as we begin this episode. This was our first time trying to record Portlock over Zoom. So there are some places that might not sound perfect. Nevertheless, it's an important episode, gives a lot of information, and I think you're going to enjoy it thoroughly. Also, if you haven't yet, please go to www.patreon.com slash chronosphere, C-H-R-O-N-O-S-P-H-E-R-E. Become a patron to help us produce this show. You can also donate directly to at Fishbonius, F-I-S-H-B-O-N-I-U-S, on Venmo. Enough of all that. Let's get on with it. It's time for poor Locke. It's time to join 5th level Paladin, Bruner Stormshield, 5th level Ranger, Halsey Maliswill, 5th level Bard Egan, 5th level Monk Willa Lagond, and 5th level Wizard, Halfling, Linnet Ridgebrow. Our heroes are exploring the mines of an Owls of the Yellow Sash mining facility. They hope to find in their search the wearer of the Circle of the Avian. Prepare yourselves, good passengers, for Chapter 16 and the season finale of Port Lock. now remind you all of where we left off. You had entered the tunnels below Port Locke via Lord Valerian's estate and headed on upwards and northwards looking for who knows what, but you found a lot of the yellow bands and owls and stuff, and you, you found this area where they were 
molting things and, and smelting, and you got in a couple fights. And where we left off, you just got in a fight with the first thing that you guys would call an equivalent of yourselves. You actually fought another party. You fought some guys. One guy had a big sledgehammer and a big rat mask, and there was a couple spellcasters. First spellcasters that you've ran into. That's important. And you killed them, and where we left off, you all picked up some stuff off of the bodies of the guys you just killed. You went back into the hallway that you came in from and continued up, figuring that was the way to go to find what you were looking for, which was the way to the boss's offices, be it the the guy that has the circlet of the avian, the bird guy, or the circlet of the vermin, the rat guy, who you already have figured out by now is Ben. You guys are walking back up the hallway, and you hear this voice. It sounds like it's coming from every wall. It's coming from the ceiling. It's coming from the floor. It's coming from the mortar and bricks of where you are walking. And he says, hello, my friends, Melendor's Monster Hunters. I'm glad you're here. I apologize for the fact that my idiotic egocentric party has offended you with their stubborn attack. They wanted to show off that they thought they were the only ones that could do what you can do. And you showed them that not only can you do it, but you can do it better. I am sending my right-hand man to you right now. He will meet you in the hallway, continue up where you're going, and he's going to bring you to me. And I will indeed answer this is a chat, right? all questions you have. I do not wish to be Melendor's enemy. I wish an alliance. Can I insight? You will be there shortly. You hear that? And honestly, what do you guys do? Uh, honestly, kind of uh, I believe this is not a good idea. Come on, this is I have minus one intelligence, so uh, oh is <laughs> I I think so too. It smells like a trap. Sounds like a trap. Probably a trap. The voice answers you. Think about it. You just kicked ass on a handful of guys that were working down there, and then a bunch of badasses came down to kill you, and you kicked their asses. What do you think I got left? Uh, this is a <laughs> private conversation. If you mind, <laughs> we're trying to talk here. <laughs> okay, I'll turn my spell off. Thank <laughs> you. I'll meet my right-hand man in a minute or so. Jeez, uh, some people. The A, B, Mr. C. Yeah, we could. Uh, yeah, we could take care of ourselves. I, I think we should hear him out, even if it is a trap. You know, we'll figure it out. Okay. While Willow is saying, and we kind of need allies at the moment, you hear this this strange whistling melody coming towards you. I knew it the direction that you're heading. It's a very odd whistle. It, it sounds like several birds whistling in chorus. And then around the corner comes this creature that is definitely bipedal. I would describe it at best as a very large crow or magpie in a black cloak, a little bit of armor, a rapier. You can see him well. And keeps whistling this mellow melody and walks up a little farther and then notices you and 
stops and pulls off his hood, revealing a very raven-like head. Like this is a humanoid walking raven. I was about to make a joke. And I was like, and he no, says, just wait. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> I'm Soda. No, my name is Soda. And Soda, that's right. My name is Soda. And I am to take you to my master, my lord, yes. my mentor. Pocalus. Pocalus. If you want me to spell it, P-U-N-K-O-L-A-S. Punkalus, the owl sorcerer. Yeah, we've seen rat people. Please follow me safely. Please follow me to have your audience with Lord Punkalus. I think this is the end, right? So do you guys hit this guy, attack him? Do you tackle him? Do you follow him? Very well. Have we ever seen a bird? Yeah. A, a Kenku or a bird person before? No, you have not. This is the envoy. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You've but seen does, uh... rat people before, but you've never seen a bird Indeed. Let's mess it. I mean, rat like, people have... are one thing, but this yeah, is ridiculous. With weird fingers, though. <laughs> this is ridiculous. So out of the. Your right. right. safety right. I, 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 is it upon is my curious. neck. I'm curious to see where this goes. Obviously, I am here by myself, and you just killed several adventurers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm sure that a lot of you could kill me very easily. Very <laughs> easily. And oh, I what? am here. <laughs> it's true. Don't worry. Asking you to follow yeah. me to have a conversation. No, no. We'll make sure you're okay. Very well, follow me. You guys go down some hallways. Lead the way. Left and little right, little left and little right. He stops and he turns around and he puts up a... He doesn't actually have wings. You know, he has these really weird bird-looking hands, almost like bird feet hands. Puts one up and he says, okay, now, each of you take one of these. And he opens this pouch like a a folded napkin thing. And there's a bunch of little necklaces that have like an ocarina on them. And if you don't know what an ocarina is, it's it's an oval flute. I think we all played Legend of Zelda. I think we're good. <laughs> okay. And each one of these is on a string. And he says, Do you, you can wear it on your neck. Or you can just carry it, but you're going to need it right now. You have to have this. Uh, same with me. Oh, and sweet. he hands each one of you one of them. I blow into mine. And it makes a cute little whistly noise. He says, now, as we continue down this hallway, you're going to notice that the the walls become different, like you can see through them. I think I was born for this. If the walls move below your flute, you lose your other hand. Got <laughs> it. If the walls move below your flute, it's very important. It could be deadly otherwise. So he begins walking in, and he begins whistling a little tune without using one of these things, just out of his beak, that sounds like a tune that would come out of one of the things you guys are holding. And as you walk through the dark, a little bit of daylight begins to filter in up ahead. And you notice to the left and right of you that the walls are indeed translucent to the left and to the right for at least 10 feet of this like of this like uh, gooey gelatinous shit and then you see darkness on the other side oh God, he's, he's yeah. gonna lose another hand 
And you're walking through. And I lose the I, other uh, hand. I, I touch the translucent wall like to see if my hand goes through. God, you're. I'll do it with my prosthetic hand. <laughs> okay, very good. Halsey dips his prosthetic hand into the goo that is this wall, and a proboscis, a, a pod, eject, eject, like reaches out and grabs Halsey, his what prosthetic did you think was hand and rips it off his arm and pulls it in to the the jello, the gelatin. If it was a ghost wall, and another, have told us another to worry hand, about it. Another proboscis come out of the wall, and your leader soda plays a song even more, and you hear a voice say, "Blow your flutes, blow them now!" I, I blow mine immediately, <laughs> and then you see ripples form in that part of the wall as it flows out, and Halsey's hand gets sucked into somewhere in the center of that wall. I hope that wasn't your sword hand, Nalzi. No, it was just my wooden wow. So did you just lose your Okay, all right. Get his middle finger out after that last fight. Yeah. I believe I was using my crossbow that last fight. Oh, it's not a crossbow hand. It's just a normal crossbow that uses my normal hand. I was going to say, I was thinking that it was a ghost wall. And my hand would just glide on through. Soda turns around and says, My apologies. I should have warned you to not make contact with the walls either. Ah, uh, yeah. See, this yeah, is this a obvious. This is all your fault. And um, I will be uh, uh, expecting reimbursement for the O-Can. This can be done. No signs anywhere. This can be done. Pretty well. Now, play your flutes again because we need to quiet the wall down as we walk. And you guys continue through and he comes to a set of stairs that goes up into a place where you can see a little bit of light shining in. As he gets to the top of that, he pushes open a stone door that opens into sunlight. If we end up dying because of this, if you double cross us, I will hunt you down. And as you come to the top of these stairs, you notice that you're standing in what looks like some kind of mausoleum, like where some family is buried. There's a few coffins up on stone pedestals. And he opens it, and the sunlight comes in, and he says, Your carriage awaits! And he waves his arm. Does he pass the physics test? Pointing out the door. Yeah, I'm going to do that, too, just in case. Do-do-do. On soda? Oh. Sure. That's 11. So I'm just like, he's dressed He appears to you to be an individual that is in things for himself, but he is definitely very interested in following orders at the moment. He has his own reason to do what he's been told. Mm. I have no reason to hurt you. I feel like he's going to ask these days. I predict that we will be good friends. <laughs> Your courage awaits after you, Bruner. Very well. As you walk out of the door, you're walking onto a stone platform made out of many bricks that is, uh, well, obviously larger than the mausoleum that you just walked out of, 200 by 200 feet of well-made flooring, very stone. But all around it is the forest of the fall that we have entered since the summer has been ending. Lots of dead leaves, maybe a little fungus growing around. 
A little bit of chilly wind in the air. This is like the only sign of civilization anywhere around you. There are some rather large oak trees that you've gotten used to seeing by this point around you here and there. And then several of the many cypress and elms that grow in between them. What becomes of notice right away is about 60 feet away from this thing is a tower of Flagstaff Rock that stands about six stories tall, 60 to 70 feet tall, 100 feet on a side that you can see. Are you sure he's not compensating? It's big. Like, yeah, a lot of people could live in this thing. Now, you look to the north, you look to the south, you look to the east, and you look to the west, and you see crests of hills that if you were looking for Port Lock, even though I would say that you guys know the general direction of where you came from, you know about which way you would walk to go back to the Lord's Manor <laughs> if you went overground at this point, but you can't see it. You don't see Port Lock. You don't see the ocean. You don't see anywhere you've been before. You're in a little valley. And Soda says, I will summon. And he makes crazy musical screech. And you hear it answered almost the exact same. And from the top of the tower, you see a creature emerge. It's shadow in the sunlight that is something only imagined in your lifetimes. It appears to be a flying lion with an eagle's head. I have one. And, and the front claws are an eagle as well. I bow. <laughs> and it flies down from the top of the tower and lands next to you all, right next to Soda. And Soda sounds like a mouse. says something that's kind of like a... And the creature, you know, talks back to him a little bit. Now, this thing, you guys aren't idiots. Very you're, happy as a player. You've studied a lot of Willow things. Willow is so confused. All of you. I mean, like, you're all spellcasters almost, besides Willow, and Willow's a monk. You've studied many things, and, and you know... Griffins are intelligent. Things, a griffin. Griffins are intelligent. As far as anything you've ever heard of before. But this particular griffin is wearing a saddle, saddle bag. And out of one of those saddlebags sticking up a good 12 feet is a rolled up carpet. I would say the, um, a friend Soda here and that majestic beast are more of an acquaintanceship, maybe a friendship between them, not master or servant. I'm still wondering why they left a carpet here for us, though. And Soda walks up to the griffin and pets its feathery mane, grabs the carpet, holds it by the edges, and the griffin kicks it with its back foot, and it rolls open. Wait, what? Soda then mounts the griffin, sitting on the saddle, and says, See up top! I want one, Bruna. And the griffin takes off with him on it, and they fly to the top of the tower, and you see them disappear over the top of the tower. Was that the master, the bird, the, the griffin? I can't tell you that right now. Good. Yes. That, I will reiterate that question. Yeah, I think it's the other way around. Is that bird griffin the the master of the bird or the other way around? It could be made by Shoshama, though. 
with our history, the only person that we know makes carpets is Shoshama. Can I inspect the carpet if it's a Shoshama original? An evil car. He's evil. He's not. A the carpets he makes aren't evil. They're they're just good carpets. Did we kill him? Is he dead? I don't even remember. It's been so long. He escaped. Okay. Maybe we're supposed to get on the carpet. He's like a twelve foot tall carpet. It's a very well made carpet. It's not very old. It's not very worn. That's probably Shashama then. Is the carpet just sitting Again, on the okay. ground? So it's not Shashama. Yeah. It's Shashana. Right. He did make good carpet. <laughs> as a player, I'm pretty sure I know as a player I know what this is, but as a character, I don't think Willow would know what this is. Is there a check I can make to confirm what I think this is? It's about twelve oh, feet wide yeah. by nearly thirty feet long. Oh yeah, this is a huge carpet. Okay, so so I say we follow the carpet down because that's what you do with carpets like this. It's laying on the ground, and you hear that whistle tune. Egan <laughs> uh, goes to the front of the carpet. I think we should probably get on the carpet, and it'll take us up there since it. Again, Sit again on the damn carpet, and, and it uh, will bring you up here to me. We can't all ride the Griffin. <laughs> You're thinking of that, and you look at the tower, and all along the bottom of the tower, on the two walls, you can see there's no door. So unless <laughs> yeah, it's on the other it. side, there's no way to enter the tower from the bottom. Again, sorry, right in the front, like he's like, yes. <laughs> I go on the carpet as well. Yep. Bruner finds a ladybug on his boot. I join again on the carpet. Very well. You, you sit on the carpet. As soon as you're all pretty secure and comfortable, you all have your stuff. Nobody brought a horse with them or Ooh. anything. You, know, you all got your stuff with you. And you hear another version of that little melody again from the top of the tower. And sure enough, the carpet stiffens like a flat wooden floor and rises. Is this a square tower or a circular tower? And it gets a little ripple in it here and there that makes you shuffle a little bit, but it's pretty sturdy. And as it rises, you can begin to see through the trees and the canopy of the forest, and you reach the level above the cypress and the elms, and you're in the, the, the top of the oaks, and you I start to crest the, the top of some of those. <laughs> and you can see a lot of forest for a long way. and you can see the top of this tower. As the carpet pulls in towards the top of the tower, and you see Soda standing on the wall with his foot atop a, a, a parapet-type ledge, about knee-high, smiling as much of a, a raven possibly can. You also notice, okay, here's what the top of the tower looks like. It's about uh, 100 feet across by 200 feet the other way. It's a rectangle. Now, speaking of circular, you see three deuses at one end, meaning circles, that are lifted up above the floor. One of them is maybe about four feet up and goes almost the entire width, the 100-foot width of the tower, and has a huge round table in the middle of it with a bunch of chairs, and you do see some people sitting at that table. Going towards the other side where there is no table, where there is no deus, you see two more deuses that are seven feet in diameter, and on each one, oh 
is sitting a creature that looks like if you took a bear and tried to turn it into an owl. Two owl bears. Uh, you said there were other people at the table? And then I, I... there's a lot of flat space, and at the other end mm -hmm. are statues. One of them you recognize as Nashur, the, uh, yeah, the tentacled creature. His statue is off to one side. I'll call it the left if we were walking away from the table. His is small compared to a few of the other statues, and the one in the center is the tallest. And as you're noticing all this, the carpet comes in between the dais and the statues, passing over Soda's head and lands flat onto the ground. And Soda motions to you with one of his arms to the table and says, Ponculus awaits. As you stand up Groovy. from sitting on the carpet, one of them is recognized readily by Bruner. Her name is Alyssa. She is a high cleric of Heronius from the church that mayor, has right? been instrumental in your training. One of them is Mordecai, the monk that has been highly instrumental in the training of Willow. One of them is Jules. Jules and Fangs. Yeah, so Jules and Fangs, the guy that makes the necklaces and the jewelry in the town square of Polak. One of them is Otto Olimar, the halfling that you met in Melomede, outside of Haven Hall, after you met Magalip and Ted and Evan. Otto Can you remind Olimar. me what circlet she got? Yeah, if I need to remind you, Otto Olimar oh, oh, um, no. also had the <laughs> crest in his family yeah, no, I, I remember all that. I that forgot. was on I forgot which one the circlet that is now on whose head and she is still with you i have forgotten so far that linnet is with you guys so apparently she's been very quiet bruner notices that linnet on the left side of her head alongside her ear has this beautiful orchid flower in her hair that was not there before you guys went underground into the tunnels. As you walk up to the table, the owlbears sit up as you pass them, being very attentive. It's a really big carpet. Because you have to pass the owlbears to get to the table. They don't seem to be leaving their beds. And as you approach the table, the guy that you can tell is probably obviously Ponculus, the guy that's been sending you messages about killing his employees that were fishing in their canoe, to remind you. Um, he waves to a chair to you. Welcome, Halsey. Welcome, Halsey Malleswell. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to my home. Bruner, Willow. He again starts rolling up the- Thank you, he got He again starts rolling up the Bruno. carpet and carries Bruno. it with him and sits down in the chair. Bruner, Willow, he gone. Please. Sit down. Yeah, he tries to roll up the carpet. He tries Enjoy to roll it with way. him. Oh, no. Oh, I can get... Wait, wait, wait. You got to roll up thing. the carpet? Yeah. I pull up a seat. He angles and sits down. If you go to touch the carpet at all, it, it floats way up above your head, and it takes off. It's gone. It would have fit well with the chair in your room. Yeah. Your means of escape has now 
floated up and flown yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you all guys all walk up and take a seat. <laughs> As you sit down, this is what the table looks like. In front of every seat, and as I mm -hmm. mentioned to you, you are greeted by, as you sit down, Alyssa, the high cleric from the Heronius Temple. You are greeted by Mordecai, the high monk. You are greeted by Jules, the glass master. And Binoculus. And, of course, Soda takes a seat as well. And Otto Olimar, yeah. who you saw just days ago. And in front of each seat where you're sitting is a silver plate with a silver dome lid over it with a little handle on top that you can pick up. In the almost center of the table, but a little bit in front, closer to Ponculus, is this, this branch stand that's holding a glass circle, a, a globe. And Ponculus says, welcome, my friends. I owe you great apology. Will you forgive me? Yes, as long as you can reimburse my hand, I will be able to forgive you. Your walls ate it up, and I uh, just feel like there were no signs <laughs> wait, around. Wait, so... wait, 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 wait. Policy? <laughs> Policy, of, of course. I, I can think of no other than the best but your friend Gil to make you a new hand. I will pay him his top rate to replace your hand. Uh, no, I apologize <laughs> for the Neanderthals that attacked you in my halls. They are dead, and I am sad because of that. They had um, potential. They were much like you. They were exploring and learning, but their, their egos got the best of them. And because they let that happen, I suppose they deserve to be dead. So I will let that go at that. You do owe me for the murder of a few um, innocent farm boys. And I am willing to let that go as well. Wait, 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 wait. No, no. <laughs> what did they do? What? <laughs> Name their crime. If we killed them, were they innocent? No, like, name their crime. I don't, I don't remember this. If you know who they are. The guys with the canoe that you killed. What did now, they do? Now, if I could name them in general, this might help me. To be murdered. They pulled a knife out wagon. and they tried to sell us drugs. <laughs> Halsey, is this one you tried to cast Shatter in the cart? Okay, I remember getting a... Correct. I, uh, it, oh, sorry, no. I, again, again, again says like, I remember they had a knife. And before that, they tried to sell us drugs, so... I mean, is that really so bad? Though? That wasn't me. That was that was a. They threatened me, and we were trying to give them a ride, and they wanted to pull the knife out, and then we were just like, I panicked. Very well. This is what <laughs> oh, I offer to you. All. I wasn't there. I was in the front of the car. I offer. I didn't hear any of this, so I feel like my um, egocentric students attacked you, and you killed them, and they deserved it. That was in the hallway a mere forty minutes ago. Your diligent investigators that you are chose to kill four campers that were doing nothing. They're selling drugs. <laughs> uh, we'll call it even because... I believe if you look at the scene of the crime that uh, it appears that wolves did it. Nice uh, try. So... <laughs> you realize I was watching you do that. Oh, right? the bird! <laughs> the bird! I forgot about the falcon that was flying <laughs> 
there a catch to this forgiveness and letting it go? I propose an alliance because I know who you're dealing with and I know who I'm dealing with and I will now attempt to gain your trust. I have I still have the this alliance by doing this. I know one of you has a uh, a truth spell. A spell that you can tell if somebody is lying or telling the truth. It's a, it's a, it's zone of truth. I think I've heard. Yeah, it is you may cast this true spell upon me and I will forego any resistance so that it is effective. And then you may ask me anything you want about anything that's going on right now. And I will be forced to tell you the truth. He kind of looks at everybody and like, this is, oh, wait a minute. Before I do this, let me point out this, this globe this crystal ball in the middle of the table. As I activate this, it will be sent to Melindor, your patron, everything that is said here for the next hour. Oh, shit. So you tell me when you want to activate this ball, and rather Melindor is actually listening or not, I know he has relatively the same thing in his position. Even if he doesn't notice it right away, he will be able to go back and listen to everything. It happens here now. Okay, so don't talk about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk yeah. shit about the boss. He has an amazing choice in clothes. Okay, yeah. Before you start it, are you guys getting a dental plan? Because <laughs> I'm not. It's I'm concerned for myself. Should I do the spell? Yeah. So yeah. before before you do it, let's ask him to start the orb. I think. Yeah. Let's Very do good. the whole thing. I am ready. Oh, uh, quick question, Wyatt. How big is Zone of Truth? Zone of Truth is ten foot. Okay, so everyone in 10 feet will have to make a wisdom save besides him because he'll accept it and accept allies. Also, Poculus, before you cast it, takes out two rather large feathers Mm -hmm. and brushes them on the globe. The globe glows with a beige color. And he says, you'll have to trust me at this point because even if Melindor noticed this at the moment and he tried to speak with us, and unless he knows what to do, we wouldn't be able to hear him. But it's on and he will be able to recall everything that this records. All right, Egan stands up, gets his guitar out. Do this spell, truth spell and please. Just goes, mm-hmm. So the truth. And everyone except an ally, I guess, yeah. has to make a, t- a wisdom yeah. 15 saving throw or accept it. I'll accept it, too. Okay. As far as you can tell, again, Ponculus has accepted it very willingly. He is under the control of your spell. Other people at the table, it feels like everybody else is also in. It feels like just about everybody sitting at the table is in. It's a little harder to tell because at the moment, you were really focused on Ponculus. You feel pretty confident that, like, everybody that's sitting at this table is here in the interest of helping each other. Egan kind of looks at uh, Bruna and Hall and like, well, uh, everybody's accepted the spell, so Bruna, Halsey, have fun. And Egan sits down and watches the, sh- the fireworks. Now, you must have many questions. The mines, the black powder, the rat people. All of that. Uh, Sashana, ask me anything that you want that I know of. My first question is, why is everyone else here? 
Jules and Fangs, Mordecai, Otto, all of them. Why are they all here? I'm looking around at all of them. <laughs> that is a very good question. Willow, very good question to ask right off the bat. Because I feel that not only has our kingdoms, fealties, and areas been robbed over the past hundred years, but we are reaching a point where if we don't realize how to fight back soon, we're going to be very, very sorry. And the right yes. people have to get together to do it. And those people sitting here now. Even Jules and Things. <laughs> Jules and Things. Damn straight. Really? Yes, Rob, Jules and Things. I got a couple tricks up my own sleeve. I'll show you what's what. You said you make counterfeits. Jules, Ponculus says, this globe, this glass globe that is telecommunicating to Melendor right now was made by Jules. I'm going to have to get some earrings back. <laughs> Jules made this. Okay, let, apparently you guys aren't up on a lot of things that you should be. We don't even know. Magic. We're using magic right now. Oh yeah, we know. No, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I know, I know, I know. We all know. Why don't you explain <laughs> it for uh, that lady so she? You're she using knows magic right now to be sure that I can tell the truth, and I am using magic to send this conversation. No, to we Melodor. got that part. Yeah, we know. We know. We're just very well, surprised. Well, okay. He's... Do you remember this? <laughs> because if you go back to the first episode and you listen, you'll remember it. Magic in this area disappeared over a hundred years ago there was no spells nobody could cast a spell no gods could talk to or interfere with their worshipers it was all gone this forest used to be filled with fae willow's parents grew up here and they're gone the fae was pushed to the other side of the mountains all magic gone and it just began to come back over the last couple decades. And you, my friends, Renar, began. How's he malice, Will? You're amongst the first few that have been able to use magic. I have gotten some of my magic back. Melendor has gotten some of his magic back. But we couldn't help but notice that the younger tradies have gotten more than us. And it's been... Oh. It's so been a hundred years. Magic. I thought I was very. How old are you? How old am I? Yeah, you shouldn't ask someone that. Well, really I want to know what he looks like because I haven't gotten a description of what he looks like yet either. He wears this bluish full robe that has fluorescent green lines that light up in it here and there, and he has a bald head, and his skin is is a bluish color, and one of his eyes has this like monocle on it that looks kind of like a telescope <laughs> and he keeps a staff by him all the time he never lets go of his staff right. and i do have a picture of him that i will send to you and for all you listeners out there i'll put it on the patreon if you go to chronosphere.com <laughs> and give us a dollar a month you'll be able to send and you can do whatever you like <laughs> any other questions Draw so far where were we? What are we fighting? What are we fighting? Okay. The seven circlets have awakened with this new era of magic. And the Fae, the elves, left 
100 years ago, 90 years ago, to the other side of the mountains. They were what really helped control this horrendous magic. Uncontrollable. It, it depends on who gets a hold of it. it this, this egotistical, demonic thing that can happen. I myself, I hold the circlet of the avian, the birds. And the temptation is overwhelming. What can I, else can I say about that? There are others that have found circlets. Some I've been doing business with. Ben has the circlet of the rodent. I would not suggest that his intentions are helpful to the human race. So you're saying it's uh, against them? I don't know who, but I have definitely gathered enough information to figure that somebody has the circlet of the serpent, mm -hmm. and they have reestablished themselves at the Temple of Set in the desert. I have no idea what their plans are. I wouldn't suggest that they're good. Then the circlet of the sea. All I can tell from what my spies have gathered, my innocent farmers in the yellow scarves, <laughs> my strong men and owl guys, they have gathered the information that <laughs> those working under Ben, under the, the circlet of the Berman, have some kind of alliance with the circlet of the sea. And I think they plan to take Portlock. I think it would be safe to assume that the circlet of the sea belongs to the leader of the yellow slashes or the yellow sashes. That would be me. I, I'm, oh, I have, he's the raven. I guy. am the circlet of the avion. Then give uh, it to wait, us. Well, uh, Actually, it could be owned by my friend who owns the, the good old brothel, really. Isn't that Ben? No. I thought that was someone else. Really? Oh, yes. The, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the talking yeah. tree tavern. Yeah. Willard. You're right. Willard owns the talking yeah. tree. I believe maybe Willard, because Willard had a... Uh, you think he's hooked up with the sea people? Well, he had the easy way for the rats to go on the ground to mine that black powder stuff, which you said you know what it is. So what is that stuff? Okay, so I will align with you on that. As in, I do believe that the rodents and the creatures of the sea have aligned in some way to steal the souls of Portland. Going from zero to 100 real quick. Yeah. All right, and uh, important mm, that we, we don't want to be with those things called zombies. You asked about the black powder. Just to do economic reasons, I for a while entered a contract with Ben and uh, Willard collecting black powder and sent my boys to help them out. Well, in ongoings of that transaction, I was, of course, able to collect some myself and do some experiments. And Jules... Jules of Age! Yes, Jules. Helped us out greatly. Would you wow. like to see that now? Wow. If you want. I mean, yeah. Very well. Jules, pull out your triggers. And Jules goes into a pack, pulls out this box, a foot and a half wide by eight inches by three inches tall. And he opens it, and he pulls out a glass square with a green tint to it that's maybe an eighth of an inch thick. And he puts a stone pestle on the table and he puts the glass on top of it and then he grabs a perfectly round globe of glass that fits perfectly into his hand. He takes another box out and opens it and scoops some black powder into a, 
don't know, about a half a cup looking situation. And he pours it into a smaller box that has a handle on it. And then he takes the glass shard off of the, the stone pedestal and he brushes it through the black powder. And then he puts it back on to the stone pestle. Punculus snaps his fingers. Robin flies down from the tree, grabs the box by the handle, and flies it over to one of the statues to your right, all the way across the roof that you're sitting on to where the statues are. A statue that you don't recognize, some idiosyncratic god or whatever. And he puts it at the god's feet and flies away. Ponculus says, go for it, Jules. Jules picks up the globe, smashes it onto the pestle, smashing the square piece of glass. And as he does that, you hear this huge explosion. And you look over to where you hear it, and the statue where that black powder was left is dust. I had that in my satchel? It's just blown away. Well, I had that in my satchel for so long. Could have used that. But, yeah, let's just say you're lucky to have your butt so. Uh, any questions? It is a good butt. Any hypothesis? <laughs> do you have any more of those? Jules, how many of those glass slivers do you have in your box? This is a box of 60, so all 59. Nice. Yes, unfortunately, says Ponculus. Unfortunately, before I met Jules and we discussed this matter, he was being paid to make them for somebody. Shashama. <laughs> nice guy. No, Ben. Ben. So they have a lot. And I myself hired out my. Sash, gentlemen, my, my, my workers, to mine for Ben. So Ben's got a lot of powder, and he's got a lot of these little magic glass shards. He's got a lot. So Ben's an enemy. With a lot of those. So we take care of Ben, and uh, the problem not, is solved. Is it? I mean, I don't know about that. It, it, it's, not like, it's not like he's the only one in his community. So we killed Ben. My <laughs> question is, what are they up to? Why do they want to blow up? Well, weren't you saying that they're trying to... Why is the rat vermin guy hooked up with the sea guy making explosives? What are they doing? They're probably planning to bomb the entire major portions of the city. I mean, that's what you I did. They were do. trying to harvest souls, didn't you? Nishul wants to take every soul from Port Locke and return Portlock to the sea, according to various scripts. So we have to maybe working on a plan here. Ben needs to go to retrieve the circlet of the vermin, just yeah. because that's something that needs to happen. And then the mines need to go as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you say they have as much black powder. As long as you're looking or who needs to go. This is Mordecai, the monk master, who is Willow's mentor. As long as you are looking for who needs to go, I would say that so many sea people have contacted us over the last three decades 
and disappeared again. Always us. And seemed friendly enough, but always never answered that this should be investigated. When you say contacted us, you mean... Saw Hagen leaving the sea and coming into monasteries. The Sahagan gave us training decades ago. Ingenuous, a uh, genius. In return, we fealtied with them to chase away the lobster people. <laughs> Grand people. The sad part we, is we could never decide who was following who. Were the Sahagan with Nishul? Were the lobster people with Nishul? We don't know. Does sound like a problem, but we also need to acknowledge that the people who have the source of destruction is Ben and the vermin. And if you're going in order of most threat to least threat, just Shama's on the bottom and Ben is on the True. top. Agreed somewhat, says Mordecai. Agreed somewhat. Because the vermin want this explosive. But they are working with the sea people. Are they getting something from the sea people? And whatever is going to blow up has not so much to do with the vermin. Why do the vermin want it? And why are they working with the sea people? Yes, those are things we need to figure out. While potentially also just getting rid of the threat. I feel maybe it's like a symbiotic thing. Because the exactly. sea people can't really go on land and mine the stuff. But the rat people can but the red people can't go underwater and place the stuff, but the sea people can. So I think that's probably what's going on, and they're most likely finding things that are weak to blow up. And if you said they want everything to be underwater, what's better to find weak points than sea people? We're just going to bring up an interesting point of, yeah, what are the vermin getting out of this? Most likely more power. When people are scattered, that's where they can kick them off. I got some for you! So to speak, up. Why is Sashana helping everyone? Yeah. Sashana builds our gelatinous walls. Sashana did things for the rat people. Sashana is, yeah, you're right. He's a dick. He's a mercenary he does it for. He does what he does for everybody. He, he at least stopped being a thief and realized that what he can do is worth something. He's also working with Cobra, who holds the serpent. And so is Ben working with Cobra as well, correct? Cobra? His name's oh, Cobra, snake. right? Snow, snake guy. Snake guy, his name's Cobra. The snake guy, yeah, that guy. Uh, the guy, yeah, the big guy? His name Hondo. Is Hondo. <laughs> Cobra's yeah, from G.I. Joe. Yes! Sasha, we all know, has been with Kondo. He works for Set. He works for the circlet of the serpent. But he works for us. He works for the rats. He goes where the money is. He's a survivor. He's so what is it you want from us? I want to know that as we go into this in the future, that we're on the same side, that we're looking for the same problems, and when we decide they are problems, we are going to stop them together. And we don't know what the Instead of working against each other and killing each other and hurting right. each other. And we don't know what these problems are yet, is what you're saying. Well, we're getting damn close. It's like, obviously, somebody wants to blow up something. There's sea people. I'm guessing they're probably going to want to blow it up from the ports. It's going to come in from the ocean. They're going to take out the jetties or something. 
Alyssa, tell them. Alyssa, tell them. Okay, I will. Alyssa, the cleric, priestess of Heronius, nods her head to Brenner. I nod back. As has been mentioned, you are the first paladin of Heronius in a very long time. Did you know? And no, I know it was kept from you, but Brunar, you are the first warrior or even cleric, any priest of Heronius that's been able to actually cast a spell in over 90 years, been able to channel the energy of Heronius. I myself recently have begun to be contacted by Heronius and been given his blessing and been able to manifest maybe such miracles. But no, that, that you're the first paladin in generations. Cool. Uh, <laughs> cool. interrupts Congrats, and, and points it out. He's already said it, but he says it again. Yes. I'm sorry, guys. You know, I know you're young, and you just followed your teachings, and you did what you they told you to do, and it worked out, but... You're the first ones to be able to actually cast spells, contact gods, anything like that in decades and decades. So Alyssa breaks back in and says, Brunar. Tell me more. There's more. Brunar, as Alyssa, the high priestess, has been reawoken and can now cast beneficial miracles through our Lord, have been given visions. Something has spoken to me through the voice of Heronius. And I do believe it is true. It is his ancient blade. It is Blazewing. Tell me more. The blade of Heronius. Well, I can see through the eyes of the hilt in these dreams. And I know that you need, the four of you, need Blazewing to accomplish what must be done. You will need this sword. And it is in the hands of Sinka. You have come close to meeting Sinka. Sinka is a giant, not just a giant, a half-breed giant. Her father was a stone giant, and her mother was a hill giant. So she is this half-breed giant that is stone giant and hill giant that lives in the woods somewhere not far off from Melomed, where you pretty much just came from. Here's the weirdest part. Sinka has a circlet. She wears it on her head. She has its powers. Sinka the Stonehill Giant wears the circlet of the insects. Oh, no. Oh, no. oh Why does it have to be bugs? I hate bugs. It's slimy. And... Could be worse. Could be, could be undead. undead. Don't so give the DM ideas. Not as bad as it could be. Uh, how's he? Punkalus interrupts. What's how's up? How's he, Well, I have a feeling I know a little of your hand. And that is our biggest threat. Amongst all these yeah, gatherings of, of the circlets, we know that if they're all awake, the circlet of the undead must have been awakened. <sighs> and I'm guessing because of the timeline of Halsey's birth and childhood and his missing hand and his aversion to the undead that the undead circlet awoke first or at least around when you were born yeah well yeah 
Yeah, for sure. That people call me crazy, but I I saw zombies before, so I know what I'm talking about. That's why I have to help people through the woods, just in case. So you, are you saying that some of the circlets awoke with our births, with just houses? I I wouldn't be able to say that note for note. How many circlets are there total? Timelines. Seven total. But if okay, mine and, and I'm sure Melendor's knowledge of the history of the circlets at this point is correct. It took all of the other circlets to take the circlet of the undead down. Got it. So we get all the circlets and we save the rat people or being undead. That sounds like a good plan. Let's do it. Unfortunately, it seems like the a couple of the owners of current circlets are on the other side of things. Obviously, the circlet of the serpent? Uh, I don't know if that's obvious. I'm suspecting. Is in the hands of the worshippers of Set. Are you? Ocean. Fungus. Rats. I think I got it. I think we got, we got this fungus. We got um, plants. We got avian. We got rat people. Sea. Undead. And insects. And that's seven right there. I think that's where we're at. Yeah. Oh, boy. oh, so it sounds like we need to get the sword um, first and potentially... Yes, which means you're going to meet up with Sinka. Is she on our side? Who has convinced the area's Giant. snotlings and goblins to worship her insectness. That was that hill. Wait, the poop babies? Uh, What's well, a poop baby? The poop babies. <laughs> they're they, they, uh, what they they're sound like. Shits. They're little shits that, that play with poop. Stole all your and stuff again you. and made you look like an idiot. You, 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 you met some snarlings. They are a uh, they are akin to goblins. A bit smaller and definitely dirty. They yeah. stole my clothes. I'm guessing you called them poop babies because you met one that was rolling <laughs> in poop. So, yeah, yeah. It was tiny. A snarling is a, uh, a smaller yet more cunning version of a goblin. That explains the footprints. So we could use some of these explosive things, I'm thinking. Because... Uh, <laughs> yeah. So she is yeah. not an ally of us. It's probably indifferent. Yeah. Sika? She's a f- animalistic hill giant. I mean, the stone giant part of her might give her a little bit of intellect, but I wouldn't expect her to be very friendly in any way. She right, so this isn't a, going to be a friendly chat to say, hey, can we have the sword? This uh, is going yeah, to be a fight not. to the death. And she has the circlet of the insects, so that means who knows what kind of creature she has. Based on the hill where the poo babies came from, quite the repertoire of insects, I would say. Yeah, like fleas <laughs> and... Can we have like the fifty-nine bombs and just push it down the hill? <laughs> right. <laughs> We're doing all the work. I feel like we should get a couple of bombs. Uh, like last resort, like right. yeah. Maybe maybe pause. Can we have explosives? Because I think that if we're dealing with uh, a mountain full of bugs, explosives might come in handy. What about bug, bug spray, flamethrower, any of these things? Not good to me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Let's get that, um, is it a lighter? Do we have like a hydrogen? Oh, oh, do we have a flamethrower? What we, what we have is black powder that explodes really nicely. That's what we have. Do we have any fertilizer we could use to make a bomb, you know? 
Pankolis interrupts and, and he says, um, so I hear you want some of these explosives. It would be helpful, yes. Well, yeah, we have not agreed on an, on an alliance yet. But if we are agreeing on an alliance, and rather you go to the Giants and get your sword or not, I don't care. If it helps, it helps. Great. But if you promise to join us against the worshipers of Set and the worshipers of Nishul at all costs, I will help you in every way I can, including as much supply of bombs as I yeah, can give. I, I think I can get behind that. I have a question. Just one question. Uh, for the governor, I, I, I go, well, I was like, what's the halfling's name again? Otto Olimar. Uh, yeah. Mr. Otto, uh, did you know that last guy was using the plant circlet to kill people? And for how long did you know that he was kidnapping children? I didn't know. He, he was a gardener on the grounds. I was busy in mead affairs, sending mead over the mountains to the elves. And I was traveling a lot. So three weeks going by of a gardener disappearing went under my nose very easily. Well, you're using the zone of truth, so you know you're not lying. And God, I was like, oh, oof, don't be an asshole. But you're not. When you're a merchant and you're traveling and, and selling wares, you, you stop and have some fun here and there. And, and, you know, so in a time where I could have taken care of things in a couple of weeks, it took me a month. A month? <laughs> well, I was visiting with friends. You know, life was good. I, that's fair. I, I look at Halsey, I'm just like... Speaking of which, says Otto Olimar, Willow, your mother says hello. Insight checking this little ass. <laughs> Zone of truth is on. I don't know. That look that he gave me. That look that look that he gave me. That's so nice. If you like doing insight to find out like if he did your mom, no, he didn't do <laughs> I haven't seen my I haven't seen my mom since I was like 15. It's been a while. She knows you're well. She just like stares at him and her eyes just squint. I hope that doesn't go against Wyatt. I hope that doesn't go against whatever your actual background story was. I mean, okay. I think but if it doesn't, if it doesn't go with it, that's what you get for not telling the DM your background story. I mean, it makes yeah. it makes sense um, that she hasn't seen her mom in a long time and that they're on, on the other side of the mountains because she left her home. Right. right. So I can give you more details later. So Bruner declares, you know, I can't really speak for, uh, you know, the big guy. But uh, nor can I really speak for these guys here, although I imagine they'd be cool with standing up with you against the set folks and the uh, the other ones, Shoshana. Of course, I will give you time to consult with Melindor and your various high priestesses and all that. But, you know, Alyssa is here right now and Mordecai is here right now. And they, yeah, yeah. Melindor's listening yeah. and Melindor, well, we're doing this shit, all right? Yeah, he, you see a little thumbs up show up in the globe. Yeah, there you go, little emoji. Because I'm pretty sure we can all agree that we all don't want the world to end to the undead, right? Yeah, that's that would be bad. And it seems like really we're the only options around at this point to uh, put an end to this. Kill you, the candidates. Right, right. <laughs> we we, uh, we remove the uh, the other options. So given that we are it, the only game in town, let's uh, let's do this thing. Right Seems like a very beneficial oh, alliance. Right, it is. And and let's talk uh, explosives. Okay. Um, again, yeah, doesn't yeah, let's look get back to explosives. Jewels. Oh, again, come on. <laughs> again, Pankalus. Pankalus says, 
Jules, how many of those triggers of glass smashing squares do you have in that box? 59, sir. Uh, 59. You smash one, and as long as you brush it through the powder, it'll, it'll blow it up. Well, close that box up. Give it to these guys. Oh, my lord. I am very happy. <laughs> Against kind We're of... going to give you 59 yeah. triggers, and gosh, I probably have a couple of pounds of powder I can give you. You choose how much powder you want to use, brush it through the powder, nice. smash it, and blow shit up. How fun. Groovy. <laughs> so who wants to hold on to the bomb? Should I do it? You have the least, um, you have less to I can lose. do it. Well, there's two parts, the right? Solimar, there, there's the... Solimar stands up and says, hold, hold, hold. Yeah, I, I, you haven't heard everything yet. Oh? Yeah. There's more. It, it feels too one-sided at this point. We the circlet of the insects and the circlet of the vine, the plants, was made by my family. And um, they weren't done there. They made another circlet that I don't know how these illusionists or wizards in my family work this but it has something to do with the like astral plane or the ethereal plane it's like another world that doesn't exist where we walk i i don't know much more about it than that is that the place you go when you're high <laughs> yeah exactly i'm just a bard here i'm just listening to everybody speak all this stuff I don't know what's going on. This is very big world stuff for all of us. Yeah, but you're part of the monastery. Alzi's a monster hunter, and Runa is the next prophet of Messiahs. I'm just a bard you know, sleeps around and gets gold for seeking music. I don't know why I'm here. Well, you know, at least you get to uh, experience the heroes, right, of the time and create bard music around that. Again? Oh, you an idiot again. This is Mordecai. This is Willow's mentor speaking. Egon, are you an idiot? Sometimes, yes. You have the glutar. You mean the thing I got from the, the Lord? Hold it up now. All right. Look at it. It's very pretty. From what you've encountered using it so far, you haven't noticed it different than when you casted spells before. No. Really? Well, then you forget our last recording. <laughs> last Sorry. time you used <laughs> this glutar to cast a spell, the neck glowed and the mermaid at the head of the neck where the oh, two yeah. keys are came to life and your spell was four or five times more powerful than it should have been. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh... You have yeah. the glutar, and your instrument and your magic is now connected to the circlet of the sea. You Wait. are the saving grace against whatever Wait. comes to us from the ocean. Wait. Wait. I mean, I guess if you want to leave, you can stop. That's a reason. Again, it's just. No, like, again, it's just like. He just points at this. He's like. Javier needs a napkin. Egan's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, circuit? I mean, this thing connected to... That mermaid on the head of that glutar is the same as on the center of the circlet of the sea. And they are connected in some way. Egan puts the glutar back, like, mm -hmm. on his lap gently. <laughs> Every time okay, you use that glutar to cast a spell, pay attention to what you feel. And know if you are controlling 
or being controlled. Again, in his head, he's just like, he's just like, well, I guess we should write down how much barrels of gunpowder we're taking, or powder we're taking right now. So, uh, takes a piece of paper out. He's giving you two pounds of the black stuff, which is a couple, you know, a one pound box is a little bit bigger than a regular cigar box. Not too hard to carry. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I don't remember. Did Melendor give you guys any kind of bag of holding yet? That'd be very nice. I don't think so. Okay. All right. Very well, says Poncalas. And he makes this this symbol with his hand. And says, if you agree to the terms, touch this symbol to each other now on the crystal ball. And then he makes this symbol with two index fingers and one pinky and the ring finger held in. And he touches it to the crystal ball. And so does Alyssa. So does Jules. So does Mordecai. So does Soda. So does Otto. Everybody else? And my sword. Now you know what that symbol is, don't you? It's two in the pink, one, one in the pink. <laughs> oh my god. Began uh, hey. just like the last one. Uh, just like, uh, like, he's not looking at it like, hold on. Hold sorry. on a second. <laughs> I know I've seen well. this now. before. I've seen it's this <laughs> Now that we have formed oh, our nice. alliance, I give you another choice. In front of each yes, of you yes, is yes, a yes, silver yes. dish with a domed silver lid. That is the benefits, the outcome of our project I underwent with Sashana, with Rug Sashana. And uh, it's quite marvelous. Not slime, is it? Well, it's a fungus. Uh, <laughs> and it is something that you have to eat and it tastes like it's horrible and you can only do it once you can eat it more later but it won't have the benefit you can do this once and i strongly suggest you do again i have already partaken but if you don't trust me I will eat one with you. Halsey's already take eating the one it. off of my plate, and I'll trade with you or whatever. I'm still under zone of truth. You, you can't eat not fungus. What? Oh. Mm. <laughs> wait, wait, before you eat it. Stop, Halsey. Oh. Okay, he's already eating it. Okay, before you eat it, I, I needed to tell you, you're you're, oh. you're gonna go, you're gonna go down and out for anywhere between 24 and 48 hours. I was like, what are you talking? <laughs> you're gonna go down. But you're here. You're at my tower. We have my owlbear guards and my griffin. We'll take you guys downstairs and take good care of you and make sure that How's you're healthy already until you wake up. Your call. I eat it. Are you able to tell us what it does? What does it do? It brings your talent and experience it's... to higher level okay uh, so it's a, a performance ha- enhancing drug <laughs> all right i think i think i think i'm i think i'm picking up what you're laying down yeah he... sashama sashama he, he named these the mario luigi level up of mushrooms oh my god <laughs> willow will partake in this i guess again looks at it, he's just like do you have salt oh yeah i did partake in front of you Halsey's already my sleeping. My yeah, here. my my priestess. Hal- I was Halsey's knocked out on the. You guys have some kind of ayahuasca dream to your gods experience and stuff. And do we pass the vibe check? It basically it comes out to like every hour in real time. 
is like a month or at least weeks in this dream time that you're in and you're you're doing all this training and and learning and communicating yeah, with your gods or wizard lords or whatever you got it's just again sleeping with a bunch of hoes and it's just like yeah. and this episode because you're gonna have to go and do some paperwork before we start again mm -hmm. yes. but when you all wake up in Ponculus's tower you are all eighth level what eighth level eighth level wait eighth? we're level five right now we're level five right what the we're that's crazy talk Damn, them's good. Damn, we're all eighth level. All right, and you're gonna need it. I will that, and you're gonna regret it. Oh my god! I have a question. Eighth level monk. I have a question. I might not multiclass now. I might multiclass now. So. Oh my god! I'm a little late. Should I? Should I assume that the twenty hit points I'm down are gonna be cool too? Oh, you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're all, you're all healed up oh again. God. Everybody's fresh. Everybody feels great. Well, it looks like wake up with eight packs. Right. Halsey Malice Will is played by J. Dean Garcia. Egan the Bard is played by Javier Velasquez. Bruner Stormshield is played by Rodrigo Diaz. Willa Lagonde is played by Wyatt Spencer. Your Game Master, Lynette Ridgebrow, Ponculus, Soda, and others are played by Daniel French. Portlock is produced at Fishbonius Sound Design by Daniel French. Now that we're coming out of COVID, we'll start recording more episodes of Port Lock really soon, and I promise you I won't be taking weeks and weeks to edit each one of them. Once we've got a game in the can, they'll be coming out a lot quicker. Don't forget to listen to other great shows on Chronosphere Fiction like Corporate Punishment, Adventures of the Federated Tech, Gafgar and the Eternally Unfurnished, which, for those of you who didn't know, the world of Port Lock and the world of Gafgarn are in the same world. Many of you will be happy to hear that we've written the script for the first episode of the second season of Generation Z and we'll start production on that soon. And so my Chronosphere passengers, remember don't throw your space junk around out there. This kind of keeps some clearness out here in the spectral streams. Thank you all for flying aboard the Chronosphere and until next time, Keep your cosmos clean.
Do not adjust your sets. You're tuned to Wednesday Wonders on the Mutual Audio Network. Tomorrow on Mutual is Thursday Thrillers, our roundup of action, adventure, mystery, crime, drama, and thrillers, of course. Subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day of diverse audio tales. Or find the Thursday Thrillers feed in your favorite podcast players. The Mutual Audio Drama Network, where we listen and imagine together.